Hi. Hi. <laughs> Long time no see. Yeah. relationship is is really it's fascinating fascinating. right (laughs) i love to be i love to uh stay fascinating (laughs) truly fascinating oh my my god okay you want to talk this episode is hilarious i love yes we have to talk about this episode for sure sorry there are 21 scenes I lied to you. I said there were only 20. My memory was that there was 20. Okay. Okay. Shall we chat? Yes. uh, What are we doing? Welcome, everybody, to this episode of Squintcast. My name is Kelly. And I'm Brittany. And today we're going to talk about Bones Season 3, Episode 13, called... The verdict in the story, which aired on May 5th, 2008. Wow. Here's the thing. I want to thank everybody for their patience waiting for this up to drop. I really, I want to wish everyone a happy new year. Hope you all had good holidays, blah, 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 blah. This is not going to matter to anyone who's listening to this in the far future, because they're just going to listen to them regardless of the time of year. But I know that our on-time current day listeners have been waiting for this episode because we took a little extra 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 time for ourselves to sort of ease into the new year and so far so questionable we're not i don't know where i'm at right now with the new year but hopefully it'll get better is all i have to say it's only up from here only up from here my holidays were madness and i'm just like oh my god i just needed to re climatize myself you know what i mean we're having a time over here everything's fine anyway oh my god thank you again for uh, waiting for us and i'm really happy we're back we're in it to win it and we're going to record a little butts off so what are we doing today we're going to talk about this episode let's just get right into it we can catch up while we're talking do you want to start with director and writer sure let's just go. quickly hit it quickly off go through that yeah so you're the French person here, so you should probably say this name, but Jeanot <laughs> Swark. Oh my God. Swark. Jeanot okay. Swark. <laughs> uh, All right, girl. Is the, he is the person that directed this episode. I have to look second... it up because I don't know what that means. <laughs> He's from Paris, France. So We've he had him before. Yes, he directed Spaceman in a Crater. Yes. Um, that was the only episode of season two. Season three, the only episode he directed was The Verdict in the Story. And he goes on to direct 15 episodes total of the show, one episode per season. And then he starts doubling up in some of the seasons, like seven, eight, nine, 10, 11. So he does a great job, I think. I love this episode. I also like Spaceman in the Crater. So that is definitely a good sign for things to come. Um, yeah. It is written by someone's name i can say christopher ambrose and um this is the last episode that he wrote of bones of the four that he wrote the last one was the intern and the incinerator 
And in season two, he wrote The Girl in Suite 2103 and The Man in the Mansion. So maybe we'll see oh. some pictures of wow. a character that looked nothing like a character. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we won't. We'll see. Maybe not. Maybe not. <laughs> I was looking to Jeannot Zvark. I don't know how to say his Nailed last it. name because uh, Zvark is not a French name. I assume it's sort of... Uh... Oof, what is that? Austrian, Polish? I'm not sure. Eastern European of some kind? I don't know. He's definitely... Uh... Anyway, but Jeannot He's is talented. definitely French. And... I really appreciate this sort of French person's perspective on these characters. I want to mention he did also direct a show. He did a few episodes of a show called Fringe, which we've talked about. And I've told you to watch. Yes, and I we think have. That you would truly. I still have not. But I, think I do you need to watch it. Absolutely love that show. I think so, based on what you've told me. Anyway, I loved it. I thought it was great. Anyway. Um, and what's our Christopher Ambrose is our director or writer, you said, correct? Mm -hmm. This is the last uh, episode ever of Bones that he uh, writes. Man in the Mansion. And... The Man in the Mansion, he did. The Girl in Suites 2103, oh, he did. God, I was just two. thinking about that. <laughs> the, what was the one that I just said? Not the, in was it The Intern and the Incinerator? Let me go back. Did he write that? He, I think so. He did one other episode in this. Oops. Oopsies. Let me remind myself. I'm curious. Here. I have it here. Bum bada bum. So he wrote. Oh, yeah, no, the intern in the incinerator. Oh, I love that memory. episode. Yeah, that's a great episode. That so episode I think... is one of my favorites. Absolutely. Love that it episode. Is... It's kind of similar in a way to this episode, which I can say it right off the bat, maybe. Yes. Do you think so? It There's one thing that's similar, and that okay. is that yes. in that episode, I thought it was a Gormagon episode through and through. I thought the killer was going to be Gormagon. In but the it was intern and the incinerator. Yes. Ah. I thought. And then this first scene, the way yes. that the body is contorted, we yes. open on. Let's open. I, should I just start? So we Go. open on Booth and Brennan arriving at a crime scene. They When they walk onto the crime scene, there is a skeleton whose hands and feet are tied up behind its back, kind of like in a circle. Its body makes a circle, but with its back on the inside of the circle, it is wild. This person hopefully was very flexible, otherwise very painful. Yoga when is I... called the bow pose. The, the bow, bow pose. pose. Okay, mm -hmm. for all the yogis out there. So when I, like, before we even get started on this episode, I see the skeleton. I'm like, oh, here we go. Gormagon. Gormagon. Yes. Yes. Anyway, we don't actually find out anything about this. This is... They get called away because they have to be separated because it turns out that Brennan's father, Max's trial is going ahead. So the episode, as you might guess by the title, is based on Max's trial. So we never actually find out what happened with this skeleton. And basically, 
they're just having a grand old time at the beginning of this scene because Booth and Brennan are kind of hypothesizing about what would have happened with the body and Booth is saying stuff that Brennan just thinks is hilarious that his <laughs> ideas are just hilarious he's calling he's like well maybe the body was wrapped in a carpet and all the meaty parts were just eaten away <laughs> and she's like meaty parts I know <laughs> and then Caroline walks in and is like okay like good thing you're giving so much respect to this body you people she's looking at them like they have 12 heads and breaks the news like I said that they can't work together yeah and they're super bummed about it and Brennan says she thought damn you know this case looks like it would have been really interesting she was looking at this these remains and how they were you know set up and everything and Booth said uh, well you know I'll keep you posted on how it goes yeah. and she's like yeah good luck solving it without me and I just thought that was really funny it it this episode starts out so hilarious it's, so wacky. Like, it's just perfect it's wacky. oh yeah it's wacky it's a good start to a, what could be a very serious episode so the whole thing is wacky oh yeah this whole episode oh I love this episode for many many reasons we'll talk about it as we go yeah but do you want to talk about the Royal Diner and Booth and Brennan yeah. and Sweets having a grand old time? I know. They show up the next scene. They're all having coffee together at the Royal Diner. Because Sweets doesn't have an office? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what they're doing. Anyway, diner, diner coffee is notoriously bad. So I don't know why they do this to themselves. Anyway, Sweets is super upset that he can't continue working with them like a together because they're not partners for the time being anymore and we learn while they're having this discussion about how bummed sweets is bummed sweets is about the fact that he can't hang out with them and <laughs> we find out that sweets is actually the one who did the psych profile on brennan's father so he's a witness for the prosecution and this is Oops. news this is news to brennan which i think is wild like i just how is this news to her and uh sweets thinks that brendan is way more upset than she's and bothered that she's than she is admitting to and she keeps saying she's fine she's fine she's fine and then booth gets up from the table and says you know it was a pleasure working with you and sweets is like what wait no anyway <laughs> come back we can still work together I'm doing and such then, a good job. <laughs> and then, uh, oh no, what was it? Oh, Boo said, it's, it has been a pleasure working with you, Sweets. And Sweets goes, really? <laughs> really? You, really? You are? He's so desperate for Booth's You're going to miss acceptance. me? <laughs> so funny. And then Brennan admits that she thinks, she thinks uh, Sweets is pretty good too. And anyway, I just, it's a funny thing where they're all like booths like haha sweets you know you really like us you want to hang out with us and, and he's like oh so anyway booth is being very flippant and saying see you later goodbye and they're all just they just abandon sweets in the diner completely and sweets is like so despondent that they've left left him there to not only pay for the bill but yeah. also that he can't do therapy with them anymore this seems so odd to me that they chose sweets to do the profile it seems like such a conflict of interest. This whole Not that thing I know the inner crazy. workings, but anyway. <laughs> and 
And then we have the credits. Dun 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 We open on the scene. We're all in prison with Max. We're in his little cozy little uh, visiting holding cell that everybody seems to go to to visit Max. We have Max, Russ, Brennan, and uh, I think a forensics guy who's going to replace Brennan for the trial. And Clark Edison. That his name is Clark Edison. He's very important. We I have met him. him before. We have met him before. He was here for the first episode. I think he was interviewing for the for Zach's job. Uh, because Zach is going to be a witness for the prosecution. They need a forensics expert on their side who isn't Brennan. So they've got this guy, Clark. I love Clark. I loved Clark in the first episode. Was it, it was the first episode, right? Before Zach yeah, came first back from episode. his traumatic experience in the army. Yes. I for, I forget. I forget that he did that. That he went to Iraq. (laughs) And like, yeah. And couldn't be the best man at Hodgins' wedding. That never actually happened. So it's good he didn't hold up his trip. (laughs) Because he was going to fight a war. I'm pleased to say that Clark Edison is with us until the very end of time. He's with us all the way through Bones. Like he's here to the end of the series. So this is excellent max is not happy with this situation he wants he wants uh renan to testify he wants zach to testify because he doesn't like this guy because clark is a very um i don't know i thought he was cool he was very matter of fact and very kind of cocky he was a little bit cocky he is mega cocky uh... (laughs) that's like his that's like his number one personality characteristic but he is also very sweet and he is laying with a woman. Well, that he explains to Max because obviously Clark <laughs> looks very young and Max yeah. doesn't think Clark can handle it. And then he tells Max, like, screw you. I'm not a virgin. I can handle this shit. And Brennan doesn't or no, Max doesn't understand why Brennan can't testify on his behalf. I'm like, I'm sorry, Max. Are you stupid? Like Max is an idiot, right? He's just so much like, so. Does he not get that his daughter can't testify anyway it's so crazy no lawyer in their right mind is going to put brennan on the stand no that would be so stupid i just want to mention too that we have ernie hudson back in the role as a defend uh the defense lawyer this is uh caroline's ex-husband who's going to be uh defending max and i'm just excited yes Brittany. I was curious because we were talking we were talking about how how young he is. Yeah. I just want to say that according to Bones Wiki, he's only three years younger than Temperance Brennan. Okay. <laughs> Honey. <laughs> We've talked about this before. These we have shows, issues. 
these shows that show astronauts that are 22 years old and in this in the fucking space i'm like guys you have to be 50 before you can get into fucking space okay like there's no way <laughs> 20 year olds are going up there no definitely astronauts. not. astronauts give me a break and he is only one year older than zach is i don't care about the zach thing but you're telling me that zach is four years younger than temperance four that's years insane. younger than temperance brennan that's what you're telling me right now that's what i'm telling you right now okay born in 1981 according to his wiki and she's in 1977 okay I i'm just <laughs> i'm throwing this the show on its Ed. she's born in 77 when this came out in 2008 this came out in 2008 season three came out in 2008 so right now she's 31 are you telling me yes okay yeah i believe she's 31. two she's two years younger than i am okay wow <laughs> <laughs> okay okay anyway let's move on sorry yes the age of it all oh <laughs> that was kind of an aside but that's fine crazy, crazy. do you think we covered all the points from that scene I yeah think so. basically max has to accept that uh you know he's got clark edison on his team the ernie hudson's also his defense lawyer is very lucky and then um oh then brennan everybody leaves and brennan stays behind to give max like a couple of ties that he has to wear in, in court and he's behaving like he doesn't understand anything about society like he's saying how he wants to wear like a really flamboyant colored tie brennan's arguing that he has to wear a conservative colored tie and i'm like okay max can i just remind you that max is a con man max is yes a con man so he should know and this he should know the game. He should know this already and play along. Like he, he's acting like he doesn't understand. It's crazy. And he's it's about to pull to the, the one of the greatest cons of all in this episode. I'm just going to say. Oh that. my God. Yes. <laughs> <sighs> it's like almost, it's so frustrating. <sighs> how, how does he get away with this? Anyway, I, I mean, or whatever. <laughs> or whatever back <laughs> or, at the lab or whatever back in the lab um <laughs> so we're back in the lab and angela is saying over and over how much she hates this whole process she thinks it's ridiculous that they're being that they're getting involved in this which yeah angela i agree um anyway so home, they're, all angela. Kind of just, they're all just watching as, go home uh, angela seriously just go home <laughs> so they're all watching on although does she where's her home is it with hodgins anyway so they're yes. all just watching as clark is examining the the remains or the physical the evidence because he's trying to look over what zach had already looked at and see if he can find any holes in zach's case because that would be the best way to get max off of the charges right so zach because... angela and cam and Hodgins are all observing Clark Edison and Ernie Hudson looking at the remains of the victim, the deputy director, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So Clark is, is not similar in his approach to Zach at all. He talks about the things that he sees on this body or that from this evidence. 
he talks about how the killer is merciful and and says all these kind of qualitative things that Brennan's like, what? <laughs> what are you doing? But they the lawyer explains to her, like, we got to pull at the jury's heartstrings. It's not just these are the facts and that's about it. So anyway, I think beyond looking at the remains, he also wants to take a look at, am I missing something? No, I just think the the lawyer explaining to Brennan what reasonable doubt is, is ridiculous. Ridiculous. Just like, come on, man. She's been, she's been, uh, she's been, she's testified for how many cases. She knows exactly well, what she's supposed to do. Yeah, because he tells her to can it when she says, well, my father did it. He killed him. Like, she keeps saying yeah. he killed him. And she, he's like, you got to stop saying that because we're trying yeah. to plant seeds of doubt. It's about beyond reasonable doubt. And it's just like. The fact that he has to explain that to her is crazy to me. It's ridiculous. Well, Clark, beyond just looking at the evidence and trying to find holes in Zach's um, work on this particular case, he also wants to see other cases that Zach was involved in. Mm -hmm. He wants to see what his approach is mm -hmm. because Brennan taught him a specific way, so he wants to, to follow that approach. That is a total conflict of interest. I'm pretty sure he would not be allowed to look at remains from other FBI cases. But anyway, I... that's my two cents. <laughs> what do I know? What do I know? So anyway, so that uh, so Caroline, sorry, collects these hooligans in the conference room <laughs> at the FBI and tries to brief them to explain without Brennan there, by the way, um, explain to them what they need to do to prepare for the trial. And all is well and good. And she picks little things at each of them that is pretty obvious. Like sweets use proper adult language. Zach, don't look like you got a haircut from yourself the day before. Um, And then with Booth, I think she just, uh, does she even tell Booth to do anything? I don't even think so. Just don't, oh, she don't told wear the cocky not... belt. His belt buckle. The belt buckle. I'm just going to mention here. Cam too. has to Can eat. I just... <laughs> oh, Cam. Because yeah. her stomach was growling the last time she was on the stand, apparently. Right. So Caroline's preparing them. But I just, this whole sweets using modern language thing, I've never heard him use this type of language before. It's like a new no. device. It's like he's purposefully using sort of immature language when he's uh, talking about things that are official. Anyway, it doesn't matter. None of this matters because this is all to lead up to the the raison d'être, the reason we are here, which is yes. a courtroom drama. We are yes. in a courtroom drama for the rest of this episode, which is one of my favorite places to be. Same. I don't know why. I just love it. It does so matter, though. There is one love point. There's one what? point of this that I did not oh, talk about yet. I forgot. Yes. And that is that Angela walks out. And is like, I'm not doing this. I don't care what you guys think. I cannot believe that you're even participating in this. Everyone should not participate in this. I'm not testifying. And she just leaves. And they're all like, okay, we're going to try to talk to her. That's good. <laughs> anyway, otherwise courtroom drama. We all love it. Yes courtroom drama drama all right i love this shit okay the judge 
we find out is all business very serious hilarious. we and then the scene is well directed it goes in tandem yeah we hear in tandem the opening statements from each side so we don't have to sit through individuals so it's like an we hear different perspectives and their different arguments booth and brennan are sitting on different sides of the aisle in the uh i don't know what you call that the courtroom audience or whatever and they're yeah. whispering to each other they're whispering to each other <laughs> from across the aisle and it's it's like they're in class. It's so funny to me the way that they they do this. It's like they're passing notes. <laughs> it's so funny. So funny. <laughs> I love it. The the judge even tells them off to stop I'm talking. Like, yeah. Stop talking. <laughs> Not so that cute. it stops them, but it's they're actually so yeah, cute. it's really sweet. So cute. It's like two high school high school sweethearts gabbing across the aisle okay 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 <laughs> booth is trying to help brendan as much as possible they're specifically not to, not supposed to talk in the courtroom or otherwise but when they go for their they they take a 20 minute break and while they're on this 20 minute break they're out in the hall and <laughs> caroline's talking to the other prosecutor and mm -hmm. or the defense attorney and He's like, okay, now just put put your cup in front of your mouth. He's like, can't, can't know that we're talking. And yeah, he brings um, her a coffee. He's like, put the cup in front of your mouth. I'm just bringing you a coffee. He's like trying to be all <laughs> theatrical about it, so it doesn't look like they're giving away trade secrets. You know, it's really funny. And Caroline's looking over at him like, mm, you fucker. <laughs> <laughs> and. He's like, okay, a couple pieces of information for you, Bones. Um, yeah, Angela won't testify, and she's like, why? She should, which is so weird. Anyway, but the and then he's like, okay, um, also, uh, yeah, so good luck, and just remember that you really like me, and I gave you this great coffee because <laughs> uh, I'm the first witness to testify against your father. Okay, bye. <laughs> My the funniest part is when the bailiff comes out and he goes, Court will reconvene in 30 seconds. I was like, What? 30 seconds? 30 seconds. That's crazy. <laughs> you would think Better hurry. like a five five minute five, five minute minutes. Warning. Not 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Hope you went pee on the break. All Good right. Luck. So then what do we have? Everybody's on the stand. We have this in tandem again. Everyone's oh, testifying, showing evidence of the crime, of the murder weapon, the timeline, etc. Booth is the one who's describing the situation. He has to tell the judge and jury that Max was impersonating a priest at some point. Which so awkward. This is so funny because he's so uncomfortable saying it. Like he didn't, he was like, I don't know if I should say this. Like he tells him that Max is impersonating a priest and the jury basically clutches its pearls about like oh my god like it's the most shocking thing they've ever heard meanwhile never mind the guy who was killed and his body was mutilated his guts on the ground and burning everybody's worried about the fact that max impersonated a priest that's what they're worried about <laughs> that's the important part here clearly jesus murphy i was like get your shit together people he they try to talk about that the, they go on and on. We don't have to go into detail, but they go on and on about this murder weapon because they're like, this is like, this is how we're going to get him. Yeah. Max Keenan murdered. 
the deputy director of the FBI with this shiv that he saved from his time in jail back in like 1970 or something, 1956. This is where I want to ask, like, is Ernie Hudson a good lawyer? Because like, how did they make this admissible? Like, I don't understand. I know they need it for the narrative of the show and finding his DNA and all that stuff. But I'm like, there's got to be like, there's so much stuff that people find inadmissible, right? Yeah. I'd be curious to talk to a lawyer about like that kind of thing. I have a friend who's a defense attorney. I should really ask some of these questions. I'll do an interview. for sure. Do yeah. an interview, ask what they could have actually asked. I feel Get like in to- this case, it would have to be, uh, not that I'm a lawyer, but I feel like they they had a reasonable, a good reason for bringing it up because this was the shiv that was used in the murder. So how did he come to get it? And how did he come to use, has he used it before? Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, he did use it on someone else in prison he used it on someone else in prison anyway it's confusing how this shiv came to be and then left it in a pile of his ashes underneath his body it was just sitting there really interesting seems very odd anyway anyway let's not get caught up in this uh, no there's (laughs) there's lots of things that happen but ultimately angela finally gets on the stand and she's like i plead the fifth and they're like, um, maybe not. So how are you going to, that's only if you're going to incriminate yourself. How do you plan to use the fifth? And she's like, okay, well, I, I plead the first because that will protect my friendship. I was like, oh my God, legally blonde, get off the stand. Anyway, they find her to be in contempt of court. So obviously she goes and spends a night in the clinker. Yes. I just want to say that I hate Angela in this episode so much. She's being very stupid and she's very she's lucky. She's being so dumb. She's being very, she's lucky that she has a rich boyfriend who can pay to get her out of fucking jail. Yes. I just, I just also, think it's funny. If anyway. the case ends and they no longer need you as a witness because the case ended, then do you get released from prison or are you still held in contempt? <laughs> That's a good question. Like, how does that work? Do you just wait? Yeah. Do you just wait? I think it's a separate thing. Like contempt is separate. It has right? nothing to do with the trial. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, anyway everybody's we'll yelling at later. her. Yeah. She's and then she goes over to Brennan and Brennan is like, "What are you doing? Just can just testify. I don't care." She looks at her and she's like, "Sweetie, this is one of those times when I know what's right and everybody else is confused. This is where I was, and I was like, like, huh? Angela is like, a what cult is wrong leader. with you? Like She's like a cult person when she talks like this, right? Yes. I know it's real. I know what's right. I know the truth. It's just like, okay, crazy lady. Cult leader <laughs> with no following. Have you seen Mother, uh, what's it called? Mother God. Have you seen that uh, documentary yet? No. The... What the hell is that one called, guys? Come on. It's terrible. It's it's called the Cult of Mother God. The Cult of Mother God. So good, Brittany. You have to watch it. It's absolutely crazy. Love has won. The Cult of Mother God. It's absolutely crazy. But when Angela did this thing, we was like, I know what's right. I know what's real. Yeah, the one. Yeah, it's absolutely insane. My God. And you'll... 
Do you like watching cult things? Because it's really good. Oh, yeah. Big time. Oh, you'll love it. You'll love it. Okay. I'm watching this. Add it to your list, baby. This Mark is will like it too. It's wild. Crazy. These people are okay. crazy. <laughs> it's amazing how it's amazing how impressionable some people are. I know, but they when get I watched, into this so easily. Well, when I watched that one, it was like one of the women in the cult, she was like a member of the cult, reminded me of my mother. It was right around the time my mother died this last year that I I watched this thing and I was like, this woman in the cult was like, she reminded me so much of my, my mother would have been in this cult hundred percent. No, because all they did was like smoke dope and drink all day and just like fuck around. Like my mother would have loved it. She would have loved it. <laughs> oh my God. And then one of the guys in the cult was just like my brother. I was like, oh my God, they would have joined it together. And you, you would have been the one on the outside being like, this is not for you. I'd be like, Help good yourself. luck. <laughs> By the good way, I don't think you're, you will find out at the AGM and it's kind of random, but the, um, but Planitza made a donation to Don't Leap on behalf of your mother. My mother? In, in memory of your mother. Yes. We just, wow. we just made a big donation, $100 each for Mark's mom, Mark's daughter mama, your mom. Helen Hochever. And there were three other people I, on the list. I wow, can't remember. That's wild. I've never. Anyway. Like that didn't happen when my father died. That's interesting. I think it, that they. Maybe that was an oversight. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. Thank you. You'll, you'll find out at the meeting. You'll see it on the financial statements. My mother, the renounced Catholic. <laughs> Love it. Perfect. Even better. <laughs> my hippie, hippie, dippy mom. And okay, here we are. Even better. Okay. So we're back at the visiting room in the jail. Correct. With Max and Russ and this defense attorney who's like, yo, if you guys think that your dad did this murder then you at least got to pretend that he didn't because you got to get it together on the stand. Because the way that no, they made the I case. Russ and Brendan are, are, no, Russ, was it? Max is so unhappy about how it's going. Yeah, it's not going and well. And he's he's saying that maybe he it's wants time to go that on the put, stand. Yes. And instead, they're going to put Russ on the stand instead. No, no. The lawyer doesn't want to put Russ on the stand either. He agrees to it. Because he he says that he says that he doesn't know anything. That his dad didn't involve him at all. That if he needed him to right. put him on the stand, that he could. Well, anyway, maybe, the lawyer is reluctant. He's like, eh. Yes, he's reluctant. He is absolutely not wanting to put Max on the stand. That's for sure. No, no good defense lawyer would ever put the guy on the stand. Ever, ever, no. ever, ever. Definitely ever. not. And I think, I feel like I'm missing something here. I didn't write it down. Anyway. I just don't understand why everybody is itching to go on the stand. Like, I don't get this whole thing. This is not something I would want to do. I'd be I like, would, can I, would, I opt out? I would out? be shitting my pants. 
oh yeah like what if i say the wrong thing like yes he did it i know i know for <laughs> fact he did it <laughs> he put him in jail did. i mean i mean no i mean we haven't seen each other I mean, months. No. i mean maybe i don't know what i he's a rabbi i mean a priest <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i don't know it's basically max is just upset with how things are going because it would seem at this moment that they have a slam dunk case against him because they have the murder weapon hmm. and i want to come back to that in a couple scenes we're going to talk about that in a minute hmm. and yes we will see what happens but max has to go back to jail so he doesn't really we don't really get a lot of further information no this is a very this. short scene it's basically them arguing to go on the stand and the and the lawyer not wanting to do it and then the prison guard comes and knocks on the door with the hand, showing max handcuffs like you got to go back to your cell like come on and i was laughing because i was like this is hilarious anyway this show is really funny the next it's scene so is good. really funny because brendan is visiting angela in jail because she's been put in jail overnight because she's in contempt of court is this the same and jail that Max is at, do you think? Listen, can I talk to you? I need to say some things here. Okay, tell me everything. Brennan spends a drink a of my milk. so much time. Brennan spends so much time with people in jail. It's it's crazy to me, A, B. Brennan's pleading with Angela to testify. Yes. C, there is absolutely no one in this jail with her. This is the most least populated jail i've ever seen in my life <laughs> there's literally no one in any of the cells around her at all i was like wow washington is a peaceful place with no people in jail it's wild why i was literally just reading today that there's a detention center down at kipling shoot i think kipling and lakeshore so downtown toronto like yeah. south toronto they call it and judges are shortening shortening sentences because the it's so over overpopulated that it's, it's like absolute inhumane conditions. Yeah. So like some serious offenders are getting their their term or whatever shortened, like pedophiles, drug dealers, like all sorts of criminals that you would think would serve most of their sentence. Yeah, they're getting their they're getting them shortened by years just so they can deal with the overcrowding problem. Wow, there was Wild. an article today in on CTV News. <sighs> anyway, so this is not common that there's just no people in jail. There's no people. <laughs> a this is C. I said I think it's A B C D. Angela basically admits to Brennan in this conversation that she thinks that her father's going to lose the trial and he's going to die. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and then Brennan like, yeah. says, "Can I just say, Brennan says, yes. sir, what did I do to deserve a friend like you?" <laughs> I wonder the same thing, Angela. What did Brennan like, do? What whatever did went so, do? Whatever went so wrong in her life that she what deserved did a she friend do like to her? deserve this? <laughs> fuck there angela ended up making that whole day in court all about her like at the end of the day oh yeah like, oh, angela oh angela woe is me i don't want to testify fucking do your friend a solid and show up for fuck's sake no i gotta well, go into jail now brennan's gotta go see her in jail then brennan's got it's just like 
Oh my god, you've wasted this woman's time! And what exactly is she contributing so much to the case that would so much make the case? Like, is she going to draw a picture of him smiling and he's going to be like, wow, it's the same guy. (laughs) Brennan in this scene, though, Brennan is like, Brennan is, or sorry, Angela's like, Brennan, I'm not going to send your dad to the electric chair. And Brennan's so matter of factly is like, actually, I'm in Maryland. They use lethal injection. (laughs) Like, okay. This is like, this is such an insane conversation. What's the death penalty there? Let's see. Maryland death penalty. You look that we up. We'll go to the up. next scene. Yeah, we, we did. We... I think it was like 2015, maybe. Yeah. I anyway. Just wrote death penalty. Penalty. <laughs> All right. While Ab- you look that up. Oh, Abolished sorry, on May 2nd, 2013. Okay. Now we know. So he just had to stay on death row for five years. That's that wasn't that's a long time ago. Wow. Yeah, it's not crazy. Okay, sorry. It's okay. Next scene we have we're back in court. Sweets is on the stand, and we learn all about his education and his background. And we come to find out that he did an undergrad at University of Toronto. Of Toronto. Very exciting. He did a master's at Temple, a doctorate somewhere else, a Rhodes and Fulbright scholarship. This guy is brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Also, he's oh, yeah. 22 years old. <laughs> he is going to be socially inept, incapable of having any real relationships. Absolutely wacky. Sweets is wacky if he's this brilliant at this age. Like, there's something going on there. He's so awesome. So while Sweets is up there, we don't hear anything about what he says on the stand because we switch to Booth and Brennan sitting across from each other in the aisles, whispering to each other, discussing Sweets. Booth is calling him a geek. They're yucking it up. They're having a good time. They're like, oh, he's he's so geeky. And Brennan's like, wow, that's impressive. It's like, yeah, he's a nerd. And they are just like... So funny, these two. They're like, they're like wisecracking. Meanwhile, Brennan and is just as much of a nerd. I know. And then the judge is like, shut the fuck up. He's telling them to shut up. And <laughs> saying, you don't whisper that quietly, guys. And he tells them to move seats. So now Brennan has to go inside the, further in the, into the bench so that they can't talk to each other. It's so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> and then funny. they're telling each other off like, well, if you, if you would whisper, if you would have whispered quieter. And then like you were the one being loud. It's so funny because they're like in school getting in trouble with the principal, but it's also just another moment of them being disrespectful to sweets because like they're just they're (laughs) ignoring him and making fun of him. Anyway, it's just it's funny to me. It's just funny. Can you imagine sweets meeting with Max on his own by his lonesome to create this psychological profile that he needed to create they said he said on the stand that he met with over a span of several meetings over six months so he left met with him by himself and this is the first we're hearing of it a b yeah um yeah like how do you think that would go i don't under like i can imagine max being so so slimy so, so slimy. Cagey. 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 
And he didn't take Clark Edison seriously. How how seriously do you think he was taking <laughs> sweets? A 22 year old. I know. Oh right? my God. This poor guy. Wow. Also, wow. the defense attorney, he's like, okay, yeah, the defense agrees that he's an expert witness. He's qualified, despite the fact that he looks like a high school volleyball player. <laughs> Everyone in the scene is just like <laughs> shitting on sweets. This poor guy. <laughs> Uh, anyway. I guess what we get out of this testimony, though, is that Sweets has a weird kind of respect for Max. Yes. Max is a psycho. He determines basically that Max is a psycho who would kill without even thinking about it. Yeah, with no remorse whatsoever. If yeah. if he felt like he was protecting his family. Yeah. Maybe he makes him out to be this family man. Meanwhile, he, like, ditched his daughter for, what, 20 years, 15 years? Whatever. Anyway, so the defense attorney, I jumped the gun a little bit a few a few um, scenes ago and said that Russ was going on the stand on the stand, but it's really in this scene that we find out that the defense attorney agreed that Russ would go on the stand. So Russ goes on the stand and Caroline starts grilling him, and very quickly we find out that his dad Max had set up a job interview the day after he was almost murdered through a window at the Mm -hmm. diner with uh, Booth by this uh, deputy director. And when he tells Caroline that he had this interview set up by Max, this was a really beautiful, wonderful point for her to sink her teeth in because it makes it seem like he was trying to get him out of the way so that he could kill the deputy director yeah not good he should not have gone on the stand anyway russ is a dumb russ is a dumb 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 so at this point they have the murder weapon they have this testimony that places max potentially at the scene of the crime it seems like a slam dunk for some reason the defense attorney who you've already said maybe isn't very good at his job um says that he requests a summary judgment because the prosecution has in quotes absolutely failed to prove their case against my client (laughs) murder weapon motive means hey man can't blame a guy for trying right you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take anyway the judge is like no (laughs) be ready this afternoon yeah no (laughs) yeah no so what do we got back at the lab you're back at the lab back at the lab um, basically clark edison is being harassed by zach while he's trying to check shit out with the victim's skull and then clark figures out that zach is a weirdo so he stops taking anything he says seriously <laughs> and that's basically the scene wow yeah that was exactly that was a perfect summary of the zach scene. was just confusing matters by being very literal and obtuse and clark was like yeah taking him seriously it's sort of like when i took the dog to the vet during christmas and greg kept telling stories to the vet about cheeky and how he got this done two weeks ago or three years ago and i was like greg stop telling the vet stories because it's confusing her and she doesn't have the ability to like she doesn't figure out what's relevant your, your sense of humor she doesn't get like that you're joking and this is not relevant to what's happening now anyway i had to tell him to shut up so many times because he kept going oh yeah it's uh, tiki you know three years ago blah 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 i'm like greg this has nothing to do with what's happening right now well he ate a piece of chocolate 
four years ago. Jesus Murphy. Uh, the, what do we the have? Other take, the other takeaway from that scene is that Clark was putting yeah. a stain on the remains. Right. He was right. doing an extra, another, he was taking another stab at analyzing these bones. And Zach does not like this stain being there. And it's not something that Brennan had ever taught him. This whole episode, he gets very uppity if Clark does something that Brennan has not taught him. I found that very interesting. Anyway, sorry. Okay. Why are you sorry? <laughs> because I held us up. No, it's fine. So next we have, uh, there's a break in the case, like during the courtroom stuff. So we have uh, Sweets approaching Booth and Brennan who are sitting outside on a courthouse bench. And they're having coffee together. I just have to say, I know we've probably mentioned it, but Booth and Brendan in this episode are just, I'm loving their rapport in this in this uh, episode. They're very, like, what I, I get this feeling in this episode that they're best friends. Like, they're just yeah, having genuinely. the best time. And they're like, it's like they're not working and they're hanging out and they're having a good time. And it's like, interesting. Yeah. Like, they're dynamic. Like, they're getting along and yucking it up and joking around and it's just really it's nice because it's like out it isn't totally outside work i appreciate that but at the same time if they're not on a case together they're like it's a it's like a field trip or something it's really weird it's an interesting scenario you know it's really it's a sweet it's su such a sweet interaction that they have uh -huh. i like it then, you nailed uh, it they're like best friends clark comes are. by Sweets, sweets comes by, and then Clark comes by. I jumped ahead. Sorry, tell me more about. Oh, it's sweets okay. Sweets, by. sweets approaches them and says, uh, "I want to study you. I want to study how you work together because you're so weird and different, and you shouldn't work well together, but you do." And then this basically is an opportunity for Booth and Brennan <laughs> to pile on to Sweets again. Oh, he loves us. And he's like, oh, they really likes us. He wants to spend time with us. Like, nah, 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 nah. <laughs> and then Booth even starts singing that Eddie Murphy song from the Eddie Murphy comedy special where he sings, uh, he really likes us. He wants to spend time with us. It's like, have you ever seen the Eddie Murphy special where he's oh, yeah. like, the ice cream one? Well, he I wants to ice love... cream. I, I think I've seen a different version of it. Oh, Not by Eddie Murphy. Sing... The Eddie Murphy one is like, I got ice cream. You are welfare. Your father's an alcoholic. You ever haven't seen that? No. It's like, I have ice cream. You don't have ice cream. Your father's an alcoholic. Like, it's just, you I'm haven't seen looking that this one? up on YouTube to look it up after. Okay. No, I know the one that's like, it's um, Eddie Murphy ice cream. You. <laughs> Eddie Murphy ice cream. I want to look it up Eddie too. Murphy. No, every one kid on the side, I think, getting no ice cream. The kids don't care. They go, you don't have no ice cream. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. You didn't get none. Because you are on the welfare. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. Other kids join in. You can't afford it. You can't afford it. And his father is an alcoholic. <laughs> he wants to eat some of my ice cream, but want to lick? Brittany. Eddie Murphy. That's hilarious. 
that's I in his that's prime from raw i think it's from raw or delirious he has two famous specials from the 80s and that's one of them oh my god anyway <laughs> that's the song i apologize no it's amazing and the quality of the sound was so good <laughs> okay okay where are we oh this clark is where clark something. runs up to them I oh no wait thing. they decide after all this shit they make fun of sweets and then they agree to let them let him study them as long as they he provides psych evals for them on demand whenever they're working on yeah. cases so this is Very. a great setup for their future yeah. sort of interactions it's and like then what happens over here um well and then clark has some news because he has found something and we find out back in we he calls Brennan away, but we don't actually find out what he finds until we end up back in the courtroom. And back in the courtroom, he starts to interrogate Zach about what about his findings on the on the uh, skull. And he says, "Oh yeah, okay. What about this? What about that? Okay, and um, what about these markings?" And ultimately, we discover that their case is not so solid after all because. The murder weapon that they were so sure was the murder weapon, mm -hmm. which Max had left. This is me coming back mm -hmm. to it. That yes. Max had left at the bottom of this seen. burn charred body. Yeah. I guess as a an attempt to I don't know why he would leave that there. As an attempt to fool them? I'm not sure. When did he use that shiv? It in like the 1950s or 60s in jail and then he's just kept it until then so it had nothing to do with the case involving the mm -hmm. fbi agent no that was killed because he was finding out about their about that they were dirty yeah no huh different altogether so it's right. it's so random that they it is random I that agree. he had even left this knife uh that he had even left this knife the uh the original at the crime scene um yeah. but zach is distraught because he had missed that the night that the that the murder weapon had a hilt and that's why there was specific damaging that had happened um around yeah. where the stab wound was yeah um and he was able to see it because of this clark was able to see it because of this red food dye trick that he had used yeah. um so zach has to admit on the stand that he was mistaken which is actually interesting because when during that big courtroom scene initially when zach was asked about the murder weapon uh caroline brings the murder weapon up to him and is like are you 100 percent sure that this is the murder weapon and he says he's like well i don't like to talk in absolute like, yeah. terms like that but yeah, yeah i'm pretty sure so turns out he was wrong which is insane and tears apart their entire case yeah so now caroline is asking for enough as much time as booth needs to find the actual murder weapon right after ernie asked for a dismissal obviously because they screwed up with the weapon yeah hey man gotta try shoot your shot yeah. right shoot your shot why not and sure enough because that's where all the blood was found brennan gets a knock at her door later sometime later <laughs> Um, and it is Zach and Booth that are knocking on her door. I would think that Booth wouldn't be allowed to be looking for evidence because he works as her partner. But anyway, 
Yeah, so, they're also on different sides. And on different sides. And even Zach looking for the murder weapon. It just seems she a bit shouldn't odd be that there. they wouldn't send a she whole team. She shouldn't be there. No. She shouldn't be there. Definitely not, especially with how this ends up. Anyway, we'll talk about that again later. And yeah. so Zach Regardless. comes in. He looks around yeah. and he finds the murder. He does find the murder weapon. It's one of the knives that she has on display. But she seems to imply when they walk in that she knows what it is. And she offers to help make their life easier and to save them some time. But they tell her, no, like, we're here to look for the murder weapon. We can't get your right. help. Yeah. Um, and during that time, while Zach's looking around, Booth and Brennan have a moment, a very special moment together, where yeah. Brennan talks to Booth about how she's a little bit confused by how this whole experience is making her. Yeah. And Booth gives her a pep talk, telling her that it's okay to be human. And she's allowed to be emotional about things. And uh, that's a very special moment, I found. Like, it such is. a good friend. Booth is such a good friend. He is a good friend. <gasps> He's, he is 100,000% there I for want her. you to be a good friend like that to me. I will. I, give me we, pep we've talks. already established we're friends, right? Give me pep talks. I will give you all the pep talks. <laughs> I, you are doing great. 2024 will be your year. <laughs> now say it back to me. Brittany, oh, you're God. killing it. You're killing it. Your back's going to feel amazing my tomorrow. My back's I killing promise. it. Okay, thank you. I'll text you. <laughs> Throw my back out, lifting my child. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You got to hold in your lower belly. Bend your knees. Use your legs. Yes. Definitely, I have to. I was saying to my coworker today, I was like, now that he's heavier, I have to, like, Honey. be conscious about how i lift to, him you have to know everything about your body i know myself yeah. when, I have, when i do certain things i have to like brace myself i have to hold in my lower belly i have to bend my yeah. knees. i have to like be very conscious of what i'm using because i'm too old because that kind of shit happens like that it happens, it happens so easily so fast. so fast oh god here i am Terrible. walking around like a penguin anyway <laughs> so we okay end up back we? in the courtroom and it yes. very quickly, we go through the evidence again, and very quickly, it becomes very apparent that, unfortunately, Clark Edison has made the prosecution's case even stronger. Because stronger. now we have, an, we have the legitimate murder weapon. So they say, so the judge takes all in all the evidence and says to the jury, okay, don't speak to each other about the case. Between now and tomorrow morning, we're going to reconvene, and then the defense can make their case mm -hmm. so clark is so bummed about this and even even max is telling clark that he did he did a good job not before they're back in mac max's visiting room all eating chinese food from wong foods <laughs> like everybody's invited to this party in max's little visiting room and max <laughs> is trying to give clark like a little pep talk too like saying it's okay buddy <laughs> it's, it's okay kid you did a good job mm -hmm. You did a good job. That's the worst when older people call you kid. And it's like, I am a grown ass adult. When although kid, it, it could be in a nice way, but sometimes you know some older people, like 80 year olds, they they call you kid like condescendingly, and you're like, oh this is annoying. Anyway, moving on. I guess I'm like that with Luke and Allie sometimes. Regardless, Ernie tells I everybody at this table right now that he's got a cook up 
an alternate perpetrator. He has to think of another culprit to sort of give the jury to, like, give them an alternate, yeah, uh, like I said, culprit to the crime. To, to put that reasonable doubt in their mind, that there's some reasonable doubt that that Max is the one who, maybe maybe it was someone else. Maybe it could have, maybe it wasn't exactly. Max. And then Russ, Russ is there acting like a little kid. And he's saying like, oh, you know, you should have run. You should have run. And it's just like, and Brennan's like, no, he wanted to stay for me. He wanted to stay to have a relationship with me. So then she asks Ernie. Brennan goes, okay, buddy. I'm calling him Ernie. I have no idea what the character's name is. It's Ernie Hudson. He's amazing. We're going with it. Uh, Brennan asks Ernie how much time she has to cook up a good story. Like who's, who could, you know, how could she find another you know, alternate culprit. So she runs off to talk to someone, quote unquote, talk to someone. Who is obviously Booth. (laughs) Turns out it's Booth. They're going to go, she's going to go talk to Booth. And they're together at the diner. And Brennan's going over with Booth, uh, going over some theories with him. And he basically gives, mm -hmm. no, no, go on. I just have a question. He gives her permission. He gives her permission to go ahead and run with whatever theory she wants yeah what was your question i just she runs out of the room they're having dinner she sprints out of the room like she has to go and talk to someone immediately but then they don't meet up until the next morning over breakfast i didn't notice that (laughs) just in case you wanted to uh i did not notice that it's an keen eye, Brittany. I did not notice Thank that. Thank you. I didn't she rushes out. She's I, was, like, I have to go. <laughs> like, I don't know how she's able to talk to this guy. She's not supposed to talk to him. Anyway. Yes. Although, yeah, because the trial's still ongoing. Anyway. Yeah, whatever. even he says, he's like, um. You can do whatever you want, he says. Be talking? So I think in this moment, I realized that he is agreeing to her saying that she could put him on the chopping block like she he's kind of that's what i gathered from this like i thought he was yeah. like go ahead use me use yeah. me like he wanted her to use him that's how i interpreted it too yeah that's how i interpreted right. it and even the way that they start the next scene the way that they they start things caroline's okay well who else was who, was anyone else or sorry not caroline um baron eddie Ernie, sorry. He was um asking, well, was anyone else present at all three locations? Yeah. And Booth is like, well, me, but I didn't kill the deputy director. Right. And anyway, it becomes very apparent very quickly that it, it it is not Booth that she's throwing under. It is herself that she's mm-hmm. creating this case that that she was at all these locations. She yeah. had motive, means, opportunity. And she did have motive means opportunity. She didn't kill director Kirby, but could she have? Well, we'll find out what the jury thinks. Mm-hmm. So Booth says to Brennan that she has a lot of heart. And he explains to the, to the prosecution, to the defense attorney while he's on the stand and says there's no way that she could have murdered someone she wouldn't have been able to commit this murder it's she could she couldn't have done it but she had but she she did have time yes yeah yeah she had time i like how in the middle of this cross-examination or whatever where he's like basically pinning it on brendan like 
inadvertently. Yeah. Uh, Ernie also suggests that Caroline was a possible murderer. Yeah. She was also present during a lot of this and, and she objects. And I thought that was so funny. Objection. I just thought that was, <laughs> it's so funny. I just think it's, they're, and doesn't so great. doesn't the judge isn't the judge like uh what are you objecting to <laughs> this poor judge he's like oh my god he's over it man he's so over it he's so over it we end up with brennan standing on the steps all okay. by her lonesome this is a directorial choice that i love this is something yes. i think is awesome because it's like one of those jury's out they're deliberating like you said brennan's out there all by her lonesome then what happens all these people and then come out one by people one, right? start walking and someone's not going back to jail and it's angela <laughs> but it's also max <laughs> so <sighs> max walks out with russ and he is free and oh brennan is very very happy about it and hugs him and they have a very very long hug and cam and hodgins and zach they're all there everyone's smiling everyone's so happy and sweets asks caroline if she's gonna charge brennan because they just made a case against her mm. and caroline is like that's a fine woman there you'd have to go back to school sweets just to be able to figure that out of course i'm not going to charge her like it's just it's very it's a very sweet moment yeah i don't know how angela is out of jail but she's there as well okay and yeah brennan just keeps hugging her dad and hugging her dad and hugging her dad and boots kind of just standing off to the side just watching them hug and as beautiful as this moment is he murdered someone crazy it's crazy <laughs> Brittany. it's we... fucking crazy no, he did it. This is insane. We know that he's a murderer. He murdered him in cold blood and then mutilated his body. And then got at him, set him on fire. It's insane. It's insane. It's insane. The killer was merciful. <sighs> I said insane. it reminded me of an episode of Matlock, and I was laughing to myself as I wrote that in my notes because I said, and I wrote in my notes, Brittany has no idea who Matlock is. <laughs> no idea. No idea. I'm like, oh, yeah, Matlock. Matlock, M-A-T-L-O-C-K. Look it up, bitch. <laughs> also, oh Angela is wearing tights and heels. I just want to ask you, do you remember when we used to wear tights and heels? Yes, I was in was university so end of stupid. high school. Looks yeah, so it was bad. so stupid. <laughs> There's a lot of trends that were really dumb. She's wearing like tights and heels and like a poofy shirt. It's so awful. Okay. Is this uh, a real show? Did I Matt just spell Lock, it wrong? Yes. He plays a lawyer. He's a southern lawyer. Played by Andy Griffith, I believe. And his whole thing, his shtick was putting people on the stand like he had, he was a defense lawyer. So he always had the person he was defending sitting at the table, right? Like being defended. And then they would get somebody on the stand and he would basically get them to confess to the crime that he was no. defending his client from. Every episode, it was like the person on the stand would confess 
to uh, doing it. Okay, to be fair, this show started before I was born. So of course it did. That is why I don't know. <laughs> First episode was in 1986. Yes, that's what I was, was finding out. I loved it. It was a great show. He studied at Harvard Law School. Yeah, that would be, that it, that would be funny. Yeah, it's wild to me that Max is free. It's also honestly terrifying. It's awful. Like, this guy is a con man. He's a manipulative. He's a murderer. How many people do you think Max has actually murdered, do you think? Oh, multiple people. Definitely not just Kirby. Ten? <sighs> well, Maybe. he had the guy, that guy uh, who killed his wife murdered in jail. Yep. The pig guy wow. was his name. Impunity. With impunity. Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know how he's free. It makes me a little nervous for Brennan. My recollection is we don't see much of him for the rest of the season, but we'll find out if that's true. Who, Ross or Max? Sorry, I didn't hear Max. That. We have this huge um, episode about him, and then I think for the rest of the season we don't really see him, but this well, is also a maybe a function. Of, left. Yeah, and it's a function of the writer's strike, probably. Probably, but Jesus Murphy. I can't believe this guy is free. What did you think of the episode? I love this episode. I thought it was a great episode. I just think it's insane. How about you? Agreed. All of the above. Who's your king of the lab? My king of the lab is Clark Edison. Because okay. he found something that Zach did not find. Also, he tells Max with a straight face that he's laying with woman. And I just <laughs> died. Like, died. I was laughing hysterically. Uh, I thought it was wild. hilarious. Just How about you? wild. King of the Lab. This is a hard one. This is a hard one. because It is a hard one because this is a good episode. I'm with you with Clark, but I also... Booth is such a good friend to Brennan. Yeah. Was, he was so supportive of her, even though they weren't on the same side. He was there with her the whole time, joking it up, like keeping her... Uh, keeping her occupied and like he was really it's like he was keeping your mind off things or something like just by yeah. hanging out and joking around and i just thought that was like that's such a nice function of a friend of somebody who's going through like her father's murder trial do you know what i mean yeah i agree i don't know man because ernie hudson was so good too ernie was Question. good I'm going to say Booth for myself because I just was so impressed with him as a friend. I like this it. Episode. But I like your, your Clark. I like your Clark a lot. I rat. Clark, Clark becomes one of my favorite characters of the whole show. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited. This season has brought us sweets. Who is also, who also goes on to be one of my favorites. Yeah. And brings me and brings Clark. So I, I'm really excited for next season. I think it's going to be really you good. You like them young, don't you? You like them so young. I like him. I like him young. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your rat? My rat is obviously Max. Fuck that oh, guy. Good girl. Good girl. Good girl. Like how I think on let, earth... let's just do it. We'll both say Max is the rat for sure. Also, you would think that he would if if I'm if you have a defense attorney, are they allowed to know that you're guilty and still oh, prosecute yeah. the case? Of course. Because of course. if you were if you were guilty of murder, 
and you knew that they didn't have the right murder weapon. Yeah. Would you tell your defense attorney that? That they didn't have the right murder weapon? Yeah. Would you be like, uh, actually, less, that's not less, what I used to murder them? It's kind of the less you tell them, the better, right? Like the less they know. Yeah. The kind of thing. I, feel I mean, like I think be... the evidence was pretty apparent that he did it. Yeah. So Ernie's job is only to cast doubt, cast doubt. Yeah. It's crazy, though. People that did that do commit murder they do get away with it i guess on occasion yeah, they get doubt cast or they get like i have a friend who does defense he's a defense lawyer and he he yeah. knows people are guilty and he basically is there to get their sentence lessened he just wants to lessen oh. sentences because sometimes they're like third time offenders and they can get treated very harshly and sent for like away for a long 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 time so yeah he tries to lessen their senses and try to give them better deals, you know, better, um, maybe some sort of rehabilitation program other than just, well, whatever is available, jail, right? Whether it's possible. less, a better sentence or just a better plea deal, something, you know, just to that's make it crazy. Less harsh. That's so wild. It's wild. Yeah. It is wild. Wow. All right. Wow. So I'm that was excited. a quick episode. It was very quick and dirty. We were being very quick and dirty about it. And I appreciate your, everyone, like I said, everyone's patience waiting for this up to drop. And I'm so grateful for everyone who listens. And I wanted to mention to for everyone to check out our Instagram. You can email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You know, rate, review, and subscribe. I, apparently it works. Apparently it means something. So <laughs> Yay. Yay. <laughs> On that Happy note. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> On that note. Uh shall we say goodbye, Brittany? Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Squint Squintcast. <laughs> One of these days. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. Thank you for listening to Squintcast with me, Kelly Booth, and my and your new friend, Brittany Elsner. The Bones theme is performed by The Crystal Method. They can be found on Instagram and YouTube at The Crystal Method and at thecrystalmethod.com. Intro and outro music is by Twisterium at Pixabay. Cover art was done by Irena Dolence Stajan. You can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Squintcast. Email us at squintcastpodcast at gmail.com. You can find me at fab underscore empire underscore on Instagram and TikTok. Brittany is at Brittany81523 on Instagram. See you next time. Hodgins! <laughs>